Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Before we begin this episode, just a disclaimer that there is some inappropriate language, um, all from Swanee. Hey everyone, I'm Mainti Langabini and thank you so much for joining us on the Players' Lounge podcast. We're going to be joined by the world number one T20 batsman, but first up we're joined by Graham Swan. Swanee, it's great to see you and you're back in a hotel room doing another quarantine. How have you been? Yeah, obviously the IPL being uh, suspended, which has been a big shame, but I think the right call um, with everything going on in India. India's down on its knees at the minute and needs to get back and it's a great country and it will, but... With the IPL being suspended, there was a sudden scramble for flights. I delighted in all the Australians not being able to go straight back home because it was funny from my point of view. Um, Aren't they in no, the Maldives, serious, though, Swanee? Yes, they went to the Maldives um, and got a free holiday, but Aussies being Aussies still moaned about it. It's all fun. Um, but, yeah, look, I mean, luckily, um, I was able to fly home, and so I'm sat in a hotel room in Birmingham just outside Birmingham Airport, doing another 10 days uh, quarantine. Um, and, yeah, it's it's tough, it's hard. I've been doing a lot of this for a long time, and I can't wait to see my family who are just down the road. Um, and it's just about a week away, so, yes. But I'm good. How are you? Yeah, uh, well, good. Uh, me, personally, good. But as you mentioned, you know, times are tough. It is really devastating to see what's going on back home. And, of course, you, you, although you were in the bubble, it's, it's you're not oblivious to what people are going through at the moment. And uh, you yourself, everyone in the world has kind of experienced this. And the sad thing is I don't think I know a single person right now that hasn't been affected or hasn't lost someone. So... The thing is, though, Swani, to see normal people, citizens, just coming together, galvanizing into action to help others around them has been the most heartening thing so far. So, you know, everyone is just trying to do a little bit of what they can. And, um, you know, that's the spirit that I hope will continue in uh, what have been, you know, really the darkest times. And and I'm sure you felt it. I mean, you, you have a lot of great love for India. Indian people love you. So I'm sure it has been emotional uh, seeing it from the outside as well. Yeah, it was. And it was hard from our point of view as well, working from a broadcasting point of view on the IPL. Um, we were getting a lot of messages of support. People saying, look, this is the sort of, this is keeping us going. It's something to look forward to. It's something to keep us indoors and actually help with the social distancing and stuff like that and, and staying safe. Um, so from that point of view, we, we, could, we could say that we were doing a good thing by broadcasting. But I think it was inevitable once the virus got inside one of the bubbles the, the tournament was obviously untenable so it's a real shame that it did and for those people it was 
he, he was seeing it as a lifeline, then like, it's a real shame. But I think it's the right thing at the moment. And absolutely, I think the IPL worked, moved quickly and decisively once they realised that it was uh, untenable. So may India get back on its feet as soon as possible because, like you say, I love the place and I love the people. Thanks for that, Swanee. We love you too. Okay, let's welcome David Milan to the podcast and let's put pressure on him straight away. What are you expecting from this interview, Swanee? Well, am I, well I, I tell you what I do know is that Dawid is the funniest, the most intelligent <laughs> and the most handsome player to play for England in the last 20 years. So I, I'm expecting him to absolutely dazzle us, to be honest. Definitely number three. No pressure, three. Dawid. No, definitely number three. I'm not sure about the first two. <laughs> and there's no pressure either because our last guest was Pat Cummins. So, I mean, yeah, follow Pat if you can. Now, David, thank you so much, actually, for uh, taking out the time to be with us. Uh, I apologise for this question in advance, but how many times have you been called David in your life? David, uh, funny enough, I, I've actually just joined a bat company and uh, at the bottom of the bat, they, they wrote my name, but they spell it D-E-V-I-D, so it's David Milan. And then on the sticker that's supposed to be David Milan, they've put David Milan. So that just shows you how many people get it wrong, literally from uh, from week to week. Um, but yeah, look, I, I, it's it's Dawid, it's David, it's like there's so many variations of it, but, you know, all sounds the same, it all works, it all gets my attention, so... I just spent two months in the commentary box trying to convince the Indian commentators that it was Dawid and not David. Even when I'd read it out, I'd say, look, it's Dawid. They'd go, David. I'd go, no, 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 come on, Sonny, it's Dawid. David. And they'd just smile. So in the end, I just went, yeah, you know what, it's Dave. Dave to his mates. Dave <laughs> To be fair, it, it, it's actually David so in, instead of Dawid. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's a silly name. Let's, let's just be honest. No worries. I'm in the same boat, so no one gets my name either. But I mean, um, since since we're talking about clearing up misconceptions in a way, there's a lot of perceptions when you kind of first burst onto the scene that you're South African. But, you know, tell us the story. So you're born in London suburbs, moved to South Africa, play for England now. Yes. Uh, so born in England. Um, so the way the story goes, my, my dad obviously uh, is South African. He came over... Uh, as a dentist, uh, back in the day, met my mom. Obviously, had myself, my brother, and my uh, and my sister. Um, and then, as the story goes, my dad picked me up from school one day and saw me walking with my shoelaces undone, socks down, shirt untucked, um, looking scruffy as hell, um, and decided that's not how he wanted us to get brought up. So he uh, <laughs> quit his job and flew us straight over to South Africa and put us into a school where there's a bit of discipline. Still had the cane in those days, so still, even when I was 18, still got the cane. Um, you know, if you misbehaved and so on. So that was uh, why why we decided to move back to South Africa as a, as a family. Not that I had much choice. Um, and then when I finished with sc- when I was finished with school, um, I came over to do a gap year. Um, I coached at Oundle School um, up in Peterborough, Northampton, and um, um, played for Peterborough Town Cricket Club on a Saturday. And the the village. I'm so sorry about that, by the way. Peterborough Town, the, the most desolate place on the planet. For those who don't know, well, I actually stayed with your mates, Swanee, with uh, with um, what's his name, um, Ajaz Akhtar, Cameron, Cameron Wake. <laughs> yeah, well, I played with Ajaz Akhtar. Um, I think he claimed I was the worst overseas player they've ever had, which is fair, fair enough. I didn't score a run. Sounds for like Ajaz. <laughs> um, but yeah, I played. I stayed with John Wake for a bit um, up in Andal. He was the master of cricket at at, at Andal School. Um, 
you know so um, and then I just did a few trials for the MCC Young Cricketers scored some runs Clive Radley gave me a, a contract and then um, Middlesex came knocking and you know I was at Middlesex for what 12, 13 years before moving to Yorkshire and then things obviously worked out from there I tell you, it's a brilliant story, but one thing that's a bit strange about it is that normally in England we only take people who were born in South Africa and let them play for our country. The fact you're born in England really throws a, a spanner in the works. I, I don't know what to make of this. I think they realised that too late. I think they thought I was born <laughs> in South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's actually English. Probably English. Oh, dear God, what are we going to do about this? I know, with David Johannes Milan, as English as they come. <laughs> so you make your T20 debut against South Africa. Were there, were there some sort of mixed emotions? Because, you know, okay, yeah, so you're making your debut and it, it's an international debut. It's a huge milestone in your lifetime. And then it's against South Africa. So mixed emotions there? Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, as a, as a kid growing up, you know, I'd be lying if I was going to say I, I wanted to play cricket for England. You know, I, I grew up in South Africa, all my schooling and, and age group and all my idols were South Africans. So, um, you know, to, to be able to make your debut for England against the country that you always wanted to play for as a kid when you were growing up, as, as I said, that's all you really know when you're sort of 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 and you're sort of supporting a team that your father supports. That's what you sort of look at um, you know sort of play against them and to play against you know A.B. de Villiers was playing in that game who was one of my heroes growing up as a, as a kid and suddenly you you know you wanted to play with him for South Africa and then suddenly you're uh, you're playing against him even though it was 10 years uh, 10 years later but you know it was a surreal experience my, my father was there as well they flew over to come and watch the game um, so I think he had mixed emotions I think he wanted me to score runs but South Africa to win at the time but I think he's changed his allegiances at the moment Um yeah, but um, yeah, you know, looking back at it, it's it was sort of something that you wouldn't have been able to to, to write as a kid that you'd um, grow up in South Africa and end up playing international cricket against that country. Um, so you know, it was a dream come true, and it went pretty well. To be fair, that debut. Yeah, it actually got me a few test test knocks as well out of that innings. I think uh, Trevor Bayliss watched that and sort of said, "Well, why have we not looked at this bloke before?" This is what. Um, uh, Paul Farbrace told me it was like he goes forward when it's full and he goes back when it's short. <laughs> I was like, it can't be that simple, TV. But uh, you know, that was um, that, that that was sort of his his philosophy it was just so simple. But um, yeah, look, it went it went really well. Um, you know, I think part of my philosophy of that game, you know, it was it was a three match series. Um, you know, the, all the other guys that got given opportunities in that game, you know, we were all told we were given chances. You know, all the other guys got given two chances, and I got told I was just going to get the one at the end. Um, you know, so I, I made a conscious effort to make sure that when I took that, or well, when I had that chance, I was going to make sure I took that chance. And and you know, you can't sort of plan to score runs, but you know, the way that I went out and played um, was to go and show that I can play in this England white ball era um, and play the way that they want. They want you to play. Um, you know, thankfully it came off. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be speaking to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> It was, but I remember that I was commentating on that game and I remember just you coming in and of course I knew you from years of county cricket and you know when a player comes in and there's general sort of befuddlement from the especially the opposing commentators and people around the box and people are asking you saying is he any good is he any good and so yeah, I'm so glad you did because I backed <laughs> you up I said this boy can bat seriously just watch this, he'll be fine. But even then I'm thinking, come on, mate, don't let me down. I'll just put my name on this. And you did. I, I don't think I've been 
more chuffed at someone's debut as I was at yours because I'd bigged you up massively. <laughs> and then when you when you bat like that, I just walked out going, "Well, look, I know I should be a selector. I know I should, but we're, we're letting Ed Smith and James Taylor do it, the clowns. So once they're finished, I'll have a go." Yeah, it was a it's yeah, it was a tough one because um, you know looking looking back at it, you know I, I never really get talked about in in, in county cricket. Um, you know, I don't reverse sweep seamers, and I don't make the the sort of highlight packages on on social media and stuff like that, as which is the sort of things that catch people's attention. But um, you know, when you actually look at, at at runs and numbers in county cricket, people are still sort of amazed. And I'm not trying to trying to big myself up, but it was more just because of that debut, the fact that a lot of people were sort of saying, "How how where's this guy come from?" and and what have you. But I, you know, I'd actually scored quite a lot of runs in county cricket in in, in 2020 cricket, and even 50 over cricket. You know, 50 over cricket is probably my stronger my strong longest format um, and considering I've played more test cricket than, than ODIs sort of baffles me a little bit because I, uh, I definitely wouldn't say test cricket would be my strongest or one of my strongest um, you know so you know, it's uh, much better to be that way around to, be, to have people look at the records and go hang on Jesus look how good he is how have we missed that than the other way around yeah. Then like go God, this bloke can play, and then look at his figures and just gently push them under <laughs> the dashboard <laughs> oh yeah actually We've just given someone forty tests and he averages six. <laughs> well, that is pretty. It's, better, much it's better to be your way around. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and it drives me more. It drives me more to keep proving a point, to keep proving people uh, people wrong. Um, you know, even now when when you play, you you have one bad game and suddenly people are saying, "Why is this guy in the team?" Well, you're in the team because you perform for a period of time. Um, you know, so it is it is something that sort of um, frustrates you a little bit in the sense that. You know, you, you you feel like even if you score runs, it's not good enough. And when you don't score runs, it definitely isn't good enough. So it's 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 just because you know you weren't sort of one of these guys that were identified as an 18, 19, 20, 21 year old, and and isn't this social media sort of phenomenon or phenomenal, whatever phenomenon, um, as, if you want to put it that way. Um, so yeah, so it, it it does it does get a bit frustrating, but that's you know the nature of the game. At the end of the day, if you score runs, that's all that matters. You know, it's so interesting to hear you speak like that and and speak from the heart because you are right now the number one batsman in this format in T20 cricket I mean what are the expectations because you mentioned this before you can't always walk out there and score a, you know a 40 ball 100 you know there's immense pressure maintaining that sort of uh, you know that I need to prove people wrong so what, is that the mindset that you have? Yeah um, well I think the, the, the we're, we're all a, a sort of product of our own um, performances you know when you've had some good consistent performances people expect that all the time and that's the beauty of what comes with with sport you know if you've if you start badly and then do well for a little bit people sort of get onto your sort of trends but if you perform consistently for a period of time people sort of start expecting that um you know 2020 cricket is is a game where you fail a lot more than you succeed there's you know, there's there's a lot of things that can go wrong in a T20 game. I mean, you can face ten balls and hit ten of the best shots you've ever hit straight to cover, or straight to mid wicket, or straight to mid off, and you can be naught of ten, but you've actually not done um, anything different to what you did the the, the game before. Um, you know, so when 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 you sort of suddenly have that pressure, you're number one. You have to score. You, and and I think the one thing with with this England team um, that we're playing in is there's such a a lot of good players that aren't playing as well that are in the backup that it sort of seems that as soon as you don't score runs once or twice there's suddenly someone else needs to come in and something needs to change and something needs to be like this um, and, I, and it's not just for me this is just for, for everyone that's that's part of the team it sort of feels like there's always you know as soon as you lose a game there's suddenly oh we should pick this option and someone else should come in and someone this should do this is all from the outside obviously and not from the inside the inside uh, of, of the team is totally different the way Morgs and 
Chris Silver would protect us from from the outside and 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 make us know where we stand. Um, sort of makes life a lot easier. Um, you know, from their management skills and and their personal skills and how they treat us. Um, but yeah, the the, the pressure is always going to be there. I think no matter who you are what you've done um you know it's just about trying to close off those things from the outside stick into what you do um and if that's not good enough then that's unfortunately not good enough for the team um but rather yeah. do, rather do it your way i think a good thing to actually i'm glad you said that about morgie and silvers looking after you from the inside the group because one of the things i found amazing when i left sort of the sanctity of the england dressing room the safety of the england dressing room was just how much bullshit is spoken on the outside. And, I mean, I love most of the guys who work in the press. There's a couple of dickheads there are in any team. But for the most part, they really know their cricket. And and even some of them, sometimes they'll look at you and they'll say things that you know from the team's perspective. Just have no patience. They're knee-jerk reactions. Like, demanding this, demanding that. And it's amazing. When you're in the team, honestly, just cherish it and look after that. Because Morgie, one of the reasons I think he's the best captain in world cricket by miles is the fact that he came in in 2015 and said, we're going to play this ultra-aggressive approach where you will be back to the hilt by me and you won't be dropped. It's not in one game and I'll listen to the noise in the press room and then you're out. So I think that that, that is, for me, why Morgie's so good. That's why players like you can come in and have that freedom to actually play and score the runs and perform like you have. Because, honestly, if the press are in charge, exactly like you say, one bad game, two bad games as a team, and it's scapegoat time. So I'm so glad that it's still that strong from inside. I knew Spoons would be like that, Chris Silverwood, because he's just as solid and down-to-earth as they come. But Morgie is an unsung hero of epic proportions for me, for that reason. Yeah, he is. And and I think the thing that, you know, the you know I don't really want to talk out too much, but the the press that I don't understand is when, when you start a series, Morgs will tell you that you're going to play the first two games of the five-match series or you're going to play all five. So no matter what happens, even if you get three noughts in a row, you're still going to be playing the last two. And, and he gives you that peace of mind to be able to go out and play that way that he wants you to play. So you don't walk out thinking today's going to be my last innings, today's going to be my last knock, and then you sort of st- go into your shell or, or, or suddenly play a different way to what you want. So, you know, it, it does make me laugh when you sort of listen to the commentators before a game saying they should do this, maybe this is going to be, this is going to be, whereas Morgs, Morgs already decided what the team is going to be and what his batting lineup is going to be before. Obviously, that changes depending on if someone has a a real stinker or, or or conditions and what have you like that but um you know just just the way they they are able to put you at ease and to make you feel like you are 100 percent part of that team is the reason that this england white ball team i've not been part of that 50 over over cricket but it's exactly the same both ways through and on how successful they've been because of all that um you know and all I can comment on is, is you know, I've, I've played 20-odd games for England or 25 games, whatever it is, in, in 2020 cricket. In that time, you know, it's been... Um, <laughs> Uh, Bearstone needs to bat three then suddenly Banton needs to bat three then Stokes then it's uh, Hales uh, then it's someone else um, I, I've forgotten someone else then it'll be the next one again so you know in 24 games you, you perform but there's still suddenly six guys that should be batting there instead of you it's it, it's amazing how how it sort of um, it's it sort of works um, 
but but thankfully, you know, the way morgues and spoons, as I said, the way they sort of uh, protect you from that and reassure you that you're the man at the time, you know, that doesn't mean that you're going to play the next series. That doesn't mean I'm going to play, get picked for this next series against against Sri Lanka, but it just means that at that moment, you're the man that they're backing and that's the, the confidence that you need. But that, that allows you to perform and then you, therefore you are going to be the next player. I mean, you've had the proof of the pudding is in the eating. You've had 24 games, you've got a thousand runs, for goodness sake. So I, I think it's pretty. I'll take my hat off to you, A, for scoring those runs and performing when you've been given the chance. But more importantly, I think the amount of players who missed out over the years because they didn't have that backing, didn't have that same sort of security and knowledge that, you know, this isn't the last day of my life if, if it goes wrong. There is, a, there is a, another knock tomorrow. Just think. Just think what we could have been. We could have been world champions 20 years ago. And David, I just want to add to what Swanee is saying because you've played so much franchise cricket around the globe. You know, there's there's a lot of experience and knowledge of different sort of pitches, conditions, players that you played against. Now, that is something you take when you walk into an England dressing room. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, I think the pressures and, and it's something I know... You know, people in England um, criticise players going to the IPL. They criticise playing so much. I know the county sort of um, don't really like their players playing too much uh, franchise cricket in the off season, so that they're fresh for for the county season and what have you. But but the the pressure that comes with being an overseas player in these franchises. So to be one of three or one of two or one of four that you're playing and knowing that. You basically you're you're there to perform, and if you don't perform, there's going to be another overseas that's going to take your place. That that sort of replicates the pressure of international cricket so well. Um, you know, you have to fit into a team straight away. You have to fit into their culture, their their, their environment. You have to be able to play the right way, score runs, um, and then if you're not scoring runs, you're in a total different environment. How are you going to uh, sort of act as a, as a as a person? So it teaches you so many things. Um, but not only about your game, but about yourself as a, as a person as well, and it actually uh, prepares you so well for international cricket. Yeah, I think. I mean, personally, I think it's brilliant that players like you can do that. And countless who, if countless grumble about it in the off season that you're playing, just get over it, lads. <laughs> it's 2021. It's not. It's 2021, not 1921. For goodness' sake. Yeah. Um, here's something for you. So you played in lots of different teams, lots of different franchises around the world. How? pathetically tediously boring is every team meeting you have now because <laughs> I didn't every team meeting is exactly the same just with different bullshit management speak yeah. so tell me is there one franchise or one team who do it completely differently who like you're in the room for five minutes right this is the team this is what we're going to do let's crack a beer and go to the pub so tell take- me there's one team who do it differently <laughs> so the only team that does it totally differently is England Cricket they're the only ones who do it totally different. And I know they're not a franchise, but, uh, you know, there's no meetings about a meeting. There's never really, you know, as, as bad as there's never a batting meeting, as bad as we get around each other and we chat about, chat amongst, uh, about it amongst ourselves, about different plans of how, you know, I'd go to Morgs and say, Morgs, we're playing against, I don't know, Pakistan this week. How do you face Wahab Riaz? What's your plan to me? And he goes, this is my plan. I find if I do this to him, I'm able to, to, to get more bad on the ball, which means I'm able to hit him for more boundaries for argument's sake um, and I'll be like well that's not something I thought about so then when I get to the nets I can try that and be like you know what that actually works for me or that doesn't work whereas I feel a lot of times in the meeting people's uh, in, in meetings when you have meetings about a meeting about a meeting um, it just sort of goes around it's just <laughs> it goes around in circles I, I, I couldn't be I couldn't be more jealous of you right now because I played in a meeting for meeting <laughs> era when we would sit there and talk the, 
the biggest loads of tosh going round round circles and everyone has their say and everyone says something just to impress the manager that doesn't actually affect anything that you do or say everyone's oh my god <laughs> Morgan you're even better now this is brilliant but yeah if, if you could for me just next time whoever you're playing for no matter what team it is the next time you're in a team meeting and it's and you look at your watch and it's now 90 minutes you've been in there and you've learned nothing new about the game of cricket anything whatsoever but all the 16 different coaches are having their say just think of me and smile <laughs> because I'll be thinking you are really no, well because uh, it used to be the bane of oh, my life funny. I, I, and I'm with you like I get to a stage where you know you know early on when you join new franchises and new teams and you sort of get to know how things get done and how different coaches work and, and, and so on um, you know early on it's always exciting when you get you know you get that message on the group saying lads team meeting at 2 o'clock and then batters meeting at 4 o'clock and then you know it's, it sort of becomes new and then by the end of it you're like what else do we need to say in these in, in the valley and then you have just leave me and, then, and then you sort of get the, sometimes you get the coaches as well which is quite funny they try and get you to interact as a as a team because the last three batters meetings we haven't batted well but people are just sitting there so in general so no matter where, whether you play pakistan bangladesh australia there's always something and then they'll be like what do you think and then someone will just say that the token sort of like catchphrase that everyone yeah. says and everyone goes yeah 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 and then you go out and get <laughs> I just I just think if we looked how about this one I've got a few cliches that you would have heard thing. so the batting's not going well so it really is so say you're losing four wickets in the first 50 first uh, 10 overs and you're not scoring runs lads what are we going to do I think it's important if we just look to build partnerships <laughs> um and that, and that it's about, all about the first 10 balls and obviously we're not going to not try and hit boundaries we still look to be positive but just like really try and maintain and nurture that partnership <laughs> tell me that's not been said by every batsman in the whole world that is every batting coach or not batting coach that's every batting meeting down to a tee especially if you're struggling if you're playing well then it's like yeah just just go on as you go along but that's yeah it, it, that is definitely and it's it, you know I think that's you know uh, uh, yeah it's, it's I, I think it's just because there's so much pressure on franchises. There's so much pressure on coaches, no matter who they are, no matter what they've done, no matter wh- whether they're coaching in India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, Australia, T10, there's pressure to perform and there's pressure to do the right things. And if you're ultimately, if you're not discussing things as a team, whether it be as a batter or a bowling, you know, is that seen as, you know, we're not doing enough to make sure that we're prepared, yeah. um, you know, so... So tick the box, Co- cover, cover your bases, pr- tick the box. Pretty much. And, it's, and, and I don't want to criticise... Right, you, don't, you don't have to say that I can say that I don't play anymore it's hard to criticise because I've not been a coach so I don't know what it's like when you're getting pressure from owners in whatever franchise league you're playing in or whatever league you're playing in um, you know when they want results and they're expecting results so I don't don't know how um, you know how how that would feel uh, from that point of view um, you know to well I'll tell you what they should I'll tell you one thing that would be good if if other people thought I mean the biggest change in international cricket has been Owen Morgan in England and the way they've done things compared to when I played. Trust me, it's chalk and cheese. And they've gone, we've gone from being one of the worst teams in the world to the best team in the world. Or, you know, arguably top two. So why do other people copy that model? Honestly, because I used to sit there in, and... But, so the batters meeting is that we'll build partnerships, we'll do this and we'll look to have wickets in hand at the end. The bowlers equivalent is... And I've sat there and bowlers tend to think they're more salt of the earth and, you know, we won't waste time. And bowling coaches, for the most part, are very good blokes who were bowlers before, and they don't want to waste time in the meeting. But each and every one of them will say, right, the important thing is, 
bowling partnerships, which means nothing. <laughs> Doesn't matter how well I, I can't affect how the bloke at the other end's bowling. But get in and out of the over. So don't go for a four or a six on your first or last ball of the over. Well, duh, you don't want to go for a four or six on any ball. But it's a brilliant cliche. And the other one is, hey, and don't be don't be afraid to like to give away a single to save a boundary. Oh my god! <laughs> of course I'll give away a single to save a boundary. <laughs> oh, it still makes it honestly. Team meetings, uh, team meetings and warm ups. Oh my words! Finish them. I'm so glad I don't have to do them anymore. Yeah, well, I did, just to add on to that, the the good thing about it is it, it it actually encourages you to to speak to your teammates outside of a meeting point of view. So you actually end up learning. You know, I I I had wasn't hitting the ball as well in India as I'd have liked in the first um, well after the first the first game was irrelevant but the second and the third game and you know walking down with with Joss uh, one of the days and just asking him what he does differently on a certain type of wicket you know a wicket that we were expecting we played on 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 wickets that were slightly different to what we expected to start with and then they got better you know, and just asking him what what worked for him, um, and he would sort of say like, "I'd get myself into this position. I'd look to hit this area, and it might be something that I, I thought of or haven't thought of. Um, and if it's something you haven't thought of, it's something that you can then practice and put into use. Whereas in a batters meeting, Joss would never say that. You know, I you know, p- players would sort of just say, as you say, they say the basic things just to get the meeting through and done. But when you speak to someone on a one-on-one basis and you talk to them about their game plans, but how they would play. Uh, I don't know if the 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 leggy is it Chahal that played um, Chahal sorry is it Chahal or Chahal I think it's Chahal the the, the leggy that played for India um, yeah so like um, you know you something that Stokesy would pick up I might not pick up and something that I pick up Morgs might not pick up so it, it, we're sort of encouraged to speak amongst each other quite a lot um, and it actually feels like we grow our game quicker because we're learning from each other who are you know and I'm I'm in a great position where I'm learning from the best white player, white ball players that have ever, you know, played the game for for England, um, and how they've dominated world cricket for four or five or six years. So, you know, it gives me an insight of learning from the best instead of speaking. You know, maybe listening to a meeting, which, you know, as you said, people don't really open up as much. Well, it used to be um, what you've just described there. It used to be done over a pint at the end of play in the bar. Uh, I mean. Thankfully, to be honest, it, it's a much more professional game these days, so you don't just go and get a beer and stand in a pub and talk. But when I first started playing, the difference for, between when I first started and you would sit and you would talk to your teammates, to the opposition in county cricket, um, and your, your captain would tell you to go and find the spinner in the opposition and talk to him, and he might be plastered in the corner, but you'd learn the game. That I mean, that sort of one-on-one talking is way more effective. Coaches, if you're listening, is way more effective than a co- than a bowler's meeting or a batsman's meeting where cliches are spouted out more than politicians would. And Darren Milan says so, and he's number one in the world. <laughs> Don't quote me on that one. That's what no, he's Graham Swan <laughs> says so, and he's not number one in the world. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, but it, 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 is a, it is an interesting... Um, Subjects, not only the meeting bit, but just the the fact that you, as you as you touched on, going to speak to opposition players, um, you know, is something that I've always tried to do. I've always personally tried to sound out like if you, when we're playing against Surrey, I try and catch uh, Kumar Sangakara, who I admire as a you yeah. know as a fellow batter, as, as a left hander, someone that <laughs> to be fair, so, so, someone that I bit, and it's and it's you know 
guys like that are so approachable as well so even like Chris Gale playing for, for Punjab Kings you know I've played against Chris a couple of times um, in, in, in the franchises you know I've spoken to but I've never really thought that I could speak to him about batting I was always a bit like gosh this is Chris Gale he's the best T20 player that's ever played the game like how do I approach Chris Gale but then when you're suddenly in a team with him and you ask him a question the knowledge that he actually has and that he gives you and that he's willing to freely give you without sort of being scared of speaking to him it, it, it's it's amazing how you learn from players and, and you might not take anything from them but you might just take that one small thing that you can add to your game that can make you you know score four or five runs more of the same amount of balls whatever it may be and that suddenly can change a game and win you a game and, and, and that's something that you know I think with the COVID situation now it's probably gone out of the game you know you're not allowed to mix with the opposition um, you know it's a bit interesting to see how that changes over the uh, next couple of years let me just ask you quickly, because let me go back to that while we're on that, about talking to other players. After that debut against South Africa, were you able to go and talk to A.B. de Villiers then? Did, no. I mean, had, was that the first time you met him? I mean, because I was like no, this no, when no, I no. first I, started I, playing. I didn't know these players. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd never met them before. You're like a little kid, aren't you, at Christmas? Yeah, it was. But I was quite lucky. In 2008, I played against South Africa. We had a touring team. Middlesex played against South Africa um, at Uxbridge um, just before the test. I don't know if you were... Were you playing test cricket then, 2008, Swanee? Uh, yeah, I just started. The end of that year, I started. End of that year. So that was the middle of the, the, the English summer. Um, and, you know, after one of the, the day's plays... Uh, AB was doing his hair. He still had hair at the time. At the time, so he was, <laughs> his he, real he, hair he, before the horse's his, hair came along. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so he was do, doing his hair then. I sort of I spoke to him in Afrikaans actually, and he sort of was a bit like, oh, because there was before the days when you had your name on your back. I think um, I can't remember if we had a name on our backs then or whatever. But you know, obviously Milan would stand out as South African. Um, you know, and then I, I played it. We played against them. Had a bit of a chat to him. I got sixty in that game, and then about two weeks later. Um, we played that T20 quarterfinal at the Oval and I got 100 um, in that and um, I turned my phone on and I had a message from Abi. Um, he messaged O.A. Shah and got my number off O.A. Shah and to message me and say hey bud awesome work that was a hell of a knock um, in, in so, English know, or in Afrikaans <laughs> in Afrikaans in, in, in yeah, Afrikaans. So, that was, <laughs> <laughs> so that was that, that, so that's, that's the lack of you are man <laughs> <laughs> but that just shows you the, the, what the guys are like you know they're, they're, they're absolute superstars and they're heroes but they're so down to earth and they're so appreciative of, of if, if someone does well and you know since then I've, I've actually been quite lucky I've actually like driven past AB running at some point like wherever I've been and then you'd send him a message and, and he'd reply straight away and uh, funny enough we actually have the same guys that manage each other we manage us both now so I was actually on the plane over coming to here we were both on the same domestic flight so it's amazing how you sort of cross paths after that which is um, great considering you've, you know you, you sort of looked up to these guys when you were kids well I talked about this with Pat Cummins last week You're like you basically get to become tight with your boyhood heroes yeah which is well, I wouldn't awesome. say I'm tight, tight, tight with Avi. Yeah, I'd love to be tight with Avi. Yeah, but you know, he played for he played for Middlesex and um, and what have you. So you know, I, I felt like I built a good relationship with a guy, as you said, that I idolised. Which is, you know, it's just like you can just message Avi whenever I want. Like you know, imagine telling your 16 year old self that. You know what? You can just message Avi whenever you want, and whether he replies or not, it's a different story. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I just had to ask because I found it so interesting when you're talking about meeting your heroes and seeing that they're so down to earth. Can I just say, David, that as a fan, how cool it was to see you, you know, the number one T20 batsman right now, getting your IPL debut cap from by far one of the most iconic T20 batsmen ever. Chris Gale. I mean, what was that moment like? I, I always want to know what happens when someone gives you your cap. You know, what do they say? And, and it's Chris Gale. It's the universe boss. I'm pretty sure he has something, you know, very Chris Gale-like to say. Yeah, look, it's it's always a proud moment when you make a debut for any team. Um, you know, to play in the IPL has been a dream of mine. So to be able to get that cap, um, disappointing that the tournament sort of has been postponed just as I got that cap. I'd have liked to hopefully get one or two more games to show what I can do. Um, but you're right, to get your cap is a special moment. Usually you get it from, um, you know, wherever you play, it's either someone who's probably done more than you or someone that you really respect or a really good mate of yours that, that hands your cap over. Um, you know, so to receive my cap from Chris Gale, who, as I said, has arguably been the best T20 player in the world, um, you know, for a number of years, he's transformed this game. And basically the way he's, he's he sort of played, it's, it's he, he, as you said, he's the most iconic player. To be totally honest, I can't actually remember what he said. It was a bit of a blur. Uh, he has to speak really clearly sometimes for me to understand him um, <laughs> or Chris. But, uh, you know, it was it was just sort of a, along the lines of, you know, it's a it's a good moment for you. Um, you know, good luck. Show us what you can do and, and, and have a good game pretty much. Um, but what a character that guy is. You know, he's great to have around the team. He's he's a lovely bloke. As I said, he's, he's open. He's 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 willing to share his knowledge he's willing to share a, a laugh with you um you know so you can see why he's been so successful over the years 
You mentioned characters. There are a lot of characters. Uh, uh, but, you know, I'd be interested to know not just some of the younger guys because I saw them trying to teach you a little bit of Punjabi, which always happens, some Punjabi moves as well. But, you know, you've got someone like K. Rahul, you've got Chris Gale, and then you've got someone like Anil Kumble. So what were the, some of the sort of conversations that you were having? Because, uh, as you mentioned, this was your first IPL experience. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was actually... Um, because of COVID and because of the training situation and stuff like that, it was it was quite hard. So if you weren't part of the sort of uh, initial twelve, um, that sort of twelve was sort of trained sort of separately, so you didn't really get to to mix too much with Kale um, at sort of training days. You could see him in the hotel and have sort of a breakfast and sit across him and and, and what have you. Um, you know, and obviously sad to see that he had that that sort of operation to for him to miss. You know, he was having a great IPL. Um, Anil, on the other end, is is just such a nice guy. He's so quiet, and um, you know, when he does speak to you, he, he actually speaks sense. Not like a lot of guys like Swanee who just carry on for the sake of it and they just talk just to just to get their word count up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's um, you know, it, and I, I touched on this earlier. That's that's the beauty of, of franchise cricket is that you get to mix with different people from different cultures that are different have different personalities that you um, have to learn pretty quickly how to work with those people um, you know with Chris you can sort of speak anything with with Kale you're still sort of as you know he's captain he's a really down-to-earth guy really really uh, welcoming as well um, Anil is exactly the same but a lot quieter than than, than the other two so um, you know it, it's trying to work out how you sort of mix with these guys and how you interact with them to, to sort of um, get to know them uh, along the journey. I mean, that's a lot of people will be shocked to hear that, that because of COVID, and it's good to hear that, that it was so well played that you couldn't all just mix and it wasn't just everyone training at the same time in and out. So there were such strict protocols within the bubble. Yeah, they were. You know, the bubble was um, was really strict, especially with um, with the training, what have you. You know, we, we had a two-hour slot and you had to be in and out with the two. If you weren't allowed to be over for one minute, um, you know, so everything was done, you know, extremely well to make sure we were we were extremely well protected. And then it, it sort of, as you said, when because of COVID as well, you had a squad of 26 players um, and you're not fitting 26 players through in, in a two hour slot. So it became quite tough for the co- for the coaches to juggle um, sort of who is who is um, in and around. So, you know, as I said, it, when you were part of that initial 11, 12 and maybe 14 man squad that they were you know, thinking about playing in the next game, they were sort of given the priority to to train and to get themselves prepared. Um, you know, which when you're sort of not part of that, it does become quite hard when you're in a bubble. Um, you know, from my own experience, I once I finished this quarantine, now I've been in a bubble for six months and two days, with and I've been out for three weeks in between, and I've only played nineteen games of cricket. Um, so it's, it's it's amazing if you think about the time that you're actually away just to play 19 games of cricket um, you know it's extremely tough so you know for me the training was the bit that kept me going to be able to get out of the hotel and hit cricket ball so when you, you you couldn't do that as often as you want that's when the bubble started becoming tough and when you were sort of outside of the bubble uh, that's when it sort of became well, not outside of the bubble when you were actually at training um, you could actually have fun with, with your teammates and you could you know learn and you can practice and you can work with different coaches because that's what the the IPL and franchise cricket's about it's not just about playing games and, and and scoring runs and earning money it's about actually learning and developing as a player do you think that the lack of cricket you've had over you know 19 games in six months is just a, almost a joke when you think about it do you think that will make you hungrier 
um, or more appreciative of every time you bat from now on? Because I know in England, like, especially when you play county cricket, you can get very blasé about batting every day. You just think, well, it's part and parcel. But do you think you'll be hungrier this year because of it? Yeah, I hope so. Um, I'd be worried if I'm not. I might as well be retiring if I'm not not, not getting hungry for it. But, Trust me, but, don't um, retire. <laughs> no, no, I'll be clinging on. I'll be like Darren Stevens. Someone's going to have to throw me out of there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like it's, um, yeah, look, I, I, I want to play cricket um, as badly, but then there's, you know, there's the, the balance of, you know the the mental fatigue that you're getting from the bubble is probably the same as what you'd be playing for five or six months either way maybe not to that extreme but it'd be probably be you know if you're in a bubble for six months it'd probably be like you've just played cricket for two months and you've actually concentrated constantly in the pressures and the stuff because that's that's the other thing about the bubble is that people you actually you see more stuff on social media you you get sort of um you, you know you see more stuff so it um it it, it makes it hard but um look yeah I, I I love playing cricket. I want to score as many runs as I possibly can every time I get an opportunity. Um, so um, I'd, I would say I'd be hungrier to play. Um, it's just trying to find that balance of actually being able to get out of the bubble and be able to sort of um, have sort of sort of a normal life to some extent um, and play cricket because this I don't think this bubble is sustainable um, to, to keep these the, the players in con- continuous bubbles like this sustainable. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough to be away from family, as you mentioned. I mean, Swanee, you're also going through the same thing. You've been away from your missus. I got to ask you something though. What does your missus think about the Milky Way boss? <laughs> Where does that come from? The Milky Way boss. That was Mark Wood being the fool that he is. He's he's uh, he, he's he's a, a funny man, Mark Wood. Uh, one of the good ones in 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 cricket. Um, I, I think it was in South Africa. We. You know, I, I think I'd just broken Chris Gale's record or something like that about the quickest to 10.50s in international cricket, um, something along those lines. And he said, jokingly, he said, well, we've he's the universe boss and we've got the Milky Way boss. So that was the first time. I don't know why he's gone Milky Way boss, but he's... Uh, he, 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 he just he, realised the Milky Way is smaller than the universe. <laughs> <laughs> I know, he's... He's a he's a funny man. He's not not sometimes not the the sharpest tool in the shed, but um, yeah, I'll take it as a compliment from him either way. Yeah, you should have got multiverse boss. That'd have been a bit, bit better. How did you how did your wife react to that? That you're now sort of uh, almost like a Marvel character, like a guardian of the galaxy. <laughs> My wife honestly does couldn't care less. <laughs> she <laughs> she does not she she doesn't really enjoy cricket. <laughs> Whenever I tell her about the cricket, she goes, "Did you get more than naught or not?" And I'll be like, "Yeah, I got more." And she goes, "That's a good day then." And then, then that's <laughs> that's the sort of conversation over, which is quite good because then you don't talk about cricket. But David, you're number one. Yeah, I know. But she's she, so she's she's from Scotland. She's not really been uh, grew, grew up with cricket and what have you. She I think she's more a football hooligan. Should have probably played. No, Gandhi, no, she's a I football think, yeah. hooligan, so she would be what, the one in the back in the back throwing beers and stuff like that and screaming abuse at the TV. So she's one of those ones. Um, <laughs> so luckily, she doesn't know much about cricket. Otherwise, it could be chaos if she comes to the games and sits in the boxes if she knew anything about it. But no, it's. Um, I think that's the good thing is that that I actually have the balance of of, of a wife that's not really too interested in cricket that I don't have to be talking about cricket twenty four seven. That doesn't really get involved um, in what I. I do she'll ask the odd question of how'd you go today like actually like to the like the my IPL debut actually she messaged saying how did, how did today go and I went yeah right I, I, I probably missed out on a few here or there and she went well I watched and I thought you were rubbish and I was like, 
I was like, there you go. You know nothing about it. If you think I'm rubbish, then I think everyone must think I'm rubbish. <laughs> I, I think I'm falling for your wife here. This is brilliant. <laughs> she's, a, she's, a, she's a blunt football hooligan, basically. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't, don't quote her on that. She's going to kill me if that quote comes out, that quote. But, yeah. <laughs> I used to get a very similar thing that from my my wife didn't know cricket at all. So the first time she ever watched me play, um, she came to Nottingham and I put her in the wags box and she got drunk with all the other wags. And then uh, I got five wickets and I got 60 odd. Best game of my life. And it was on telly, got man of the match, proud as punch. And I said to her afterwards, how did you think I got on? Did you enjoy that? And she said, I didn't know which one of the spin bowlers you were. The other spin bowler was <laughs> Samit Patel. <laughs> so, similar body shape to be fair yeah exactly I mean now maybe but at the time I was live I mean I looked like <laughs> I was devastated I mean he's a foot shorter than me and in, of Indian descent but you know I'll go with it I, I, I decided to marry her on the spot actually because I thought there will never be I will never get shouted at for getting caught cover anymore It's funny how life finds a way to level you out, even if you are the number one T20 batsman in the world. But you know what? Let's let's move on to our Dare to Declare segment. This is brought to you by Betway. Let's talk about the hot topic because, Swanee, we got the number one man here. You know, I mean, it's a spot he'd like to keep for a while. I, I'd love to get your thoughts on this as well, Graham. Uh, who do you think, uh, David, right now is the best batsman in the format? It, it doesn't even have to be, you know, a current player. Who do you think is the best batsman in this format and why? There's a few actually, and I think you know the the, the rankings obviously, um, you know, in, in world cricket, in international cricket, get done by obviously consistency and, and, and runs and what have you. But you know, there's guys like like Pollard that bat at six who will have a small impact in a game, but it's actually a massive impact in a game. So he might only get twenty off ten balls, but it's a bigger impact than someone that might get a fifty off thirty five balls at the time because that's at a crucial time in the game. Um, you know, I, I still honestly and I. I just watching the guy go about it as a 37-year-old A.B. de Villiers in, in T20 cricket uh, for a bloke who sort of doesn't play doesn't play for four months and then suddenly plays again. I think the way that he can go, the way that the fact that he can sort of play any role, he can bat at five, he can bat at three, um, he can finish, he can set up an innings. I, I you know I, I I think he's by far you know the the best T20 player um in in domestic cricket and I know he doesn't play international cricket anymore go, going around you know there's I don't think there's many better than him um at the moment I reckon that you can't argue with stats so Darren Milan for me um <laughs> I, I tell you what I do like about the IPL though one thing that I I think is one of the reasons it is one if not the best T20 tournament in the world is that every team has absolute match winners like ball ter- game turners like Darren said then a 20 from 10 balls at the right time can be more important than a 50 or 40 at the top of the innings or whatever and the, the IPL games are never over the chasing team is never out of it if they've got someone like Pollard or Andre Russell or AB Virat Kohli Darren Milan Joss Butler Ben Stokes every team has got one or two unbelievable strikers of the ball. I've not even mentioned a single Australian there on purpose. Um, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? I think it, it, it is such a good tournament, and that's why it's so brilliant to watch. I mean, those last couple of games, and also the, the grounds that are played on. People don't realise, back in England especially, how ridiculously hard it is to bowl at some of these grounds. Like the Coltler in Delhi... If you're a spin bowler or a medium pacer or, in fact, even Jasper Bumrah, you're going for more than 50 off your four overs 
on a good batting wicket. It was a beach last year that turned square and no one could get a run. And this year, what did Karen Pollard got 80 off about 20 balls to win the game? I mean, that is just bonkers. So I, I, I don't think you can say there's just one player who's the best in the world. Every team has potentially on the night the best player in the world playing in their team. That's why it's so good. Well, it kind of sets it up brilliantly, the way that you mention it, because it's a hot topic. You can either talk about statistics and numbers and rankings, but we'd be chuffed about the fact that we had the number one T20 batsman joining us in the Players' Lounge podcast. So, you know, we, we've spoken so much about pressure. Let's increase the pressure a little bit. David, you offer some quick-fire predictions? Oh, my gosh. Okay, let's go. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, it's, it's really easy. It's just, like, say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay, so the IPL is suspended, but we're assuming that it's going to come back. And, you know, you'll be back wearing the Punjab jersey. So, your IPL winner and the runner-up. Gosh, the winner. I'd love to say Punjab Kings, but we've got a, a big hill to climb to get there. Um, I, 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 I like the way Delhi have been playing. I, I really like the way they've, you know, things have been going their way. They've got a good balanced team. Um you know, I don't think you can ever write off the Mumbai Indians. I'd probably say that those two, um, the way those two are going, I, I, Chennai Super Kings have been brilliant, but it depends where you're going to move to. If you move to the UAE, it might be slightly different with the different grounds and stuff there. So it'd be interesting to see. Okay, so David, who is the young player in this Punjab team who's going to take the world by storm? Uh, I, I really like the look of Bishnoi, the, the leg spinner. Um, I think he's got something about him. He's um, bowls a really good pace, uh, a lot quicker than most leggies, um, and some got some good variations. And he's still really, really young, so um, I think he's got a, a good journey ahead of him if he can, continues on that track. So Kale should be okay. I'm guessing you know he would be in contention by the time it resumes. So who would you be your guess for the orange cap? Because I know that uh, he's in contention and the purple cap. Most wickets. Uh, I th- I, well, look, I, I hope Kale gets the orange cap, which means that we'll potentially win some more games. Um, you know, if, if when he scores runs, we we do well. Um, you know, so who, who's the current uh, orange cap at the moment? Shikadawan. Shikadawan. Well, he's been playing fantastically well as well. If he keeps on that rate, I don't think anyone's going to catch him. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably say one of those two will could could get that um, I think the other guys have got a long way to go to catch those two with the amount of runs that they've they've scored um, from a bowling point of view I know is it, is it Harshal who's got it uh, from uh, RCB um, but I think you know I, I think Jasper Boomer is such a such a serious bowler I can see him um, sort of catching him at some point uh, who would be the MVP if you had to pick an MVP at the end of this uh, IPL well if if if, if Kieran Pollard can keep doing what he's doing and winning your games, which you probably shouldn't be winning uh, from the position that they're in, and he can keep impacting them moving forward. Then I think he'd be a be a contender for that because he bats, bowls, fields, leadership as well that he adds in that team. And if you were playing fantasy cricket, if you were part of one of those fantasy leagues, David, um, who would be the first name on your team sheet? Whoa. Gosh, I'd, I'd have to say like a Ben Stokes or someone like that, someone that can bat and bowl. Um, yeah, I'd say someone like that, him or Pollard or a Butler, someone like that, who can do two two um, aspects or disciplines. I'd go for mine would be Dawid Milan. <laughs> but get me in the top three, please, Swanee. Yeah, no problem. Pick, pick me in That's the top exactly three. where you're back. 
No, one thing I thought about doing for this because there's all the fancy cricket for this IPL was to pick all the all the English guys, and if you get all the English guys out and you see their performances, you do really well. The English boys really perform. Sam Curran, no one's spoken about Sam Curran. He's having a hell of a tournament, you know. Mm. Little Northampton Sam, born in Northampton. Yeah, he's been brilliant. He's like unbelievable potential. He just gets stronger and stronger and, and keeps improving every year. I think the IPL and yet, like, something that looks younger and younger. He does. He does. Good, but uh, it was it was noticeable actually when he came back from the IPL. Um, it was either last year's one or the year before. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but watching him bat in the nets, how different and how much more power he had and stronger base. And how clear he was on knowing his game with the ball and stuff like that. It's it, you know, and from someone who sort of is is pretty much on the outside, and you sort of like to observe and you like to watch guys, to, just to watch how quickly he'd learnt and improved was you know phenomenal for a young guy like him. Um, and the, the, you know, he can just keep growing and growing and growing. No, it's not just the IPL, but of course, all of us are looking forward to the T20 World Cup. We're thinking about venues now. So if it goes according to plan and it's still in India, let's take it from that perspective. David, winner and runner-up. Come on, let's have some fun with this. Oh gosh, you are putting you are putting me on the spot. Well, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say England to win it. Whether I'm in that World Cup squad or not, I would like England to win that World Cup. Um, you know, from a, a running runner-up point of view, you know what, like. Look, India in their their home conditions will be extremely tough to beat. It just shows that most of the World Cups that are in the host country they they win. I know T Twenty slightly different, um, but I, I, I actually think the West Indies are, are, are a team to watch out for when they have all their team. They, they're going to have all their players available. Um, you know, you have a batting lineup of Lewis, Simmons, Gale, Puran, Hetmeyer, Pollard, uh, Russell. Bravo, um, Holder, like Narayan, like you've got unbelievable players suddenly available. Um, so I think they could be a, a, a team that could challenge in that World Cup. And to, to be fair, I think all, all the teams are actually really good considering we're playing in India. You know, Pakistan are obviously a fantastic team in, in subcontinent conditions and in, in, in general. Um, you know, so I'm I, the team that come second behind England if I had to say England were to win I don't actually know because there's so many but I, I wouldn't write India off in their own country well England will obviously win um, and then who cares who comes second to be honest first you know second place is a losing place uh, no I I think what will be amazing actually that that five matches that England and India played in Ahmedabad I think was just a dress rehearsal for what could be the well 2020 final I think if it goes ahead in India, that's where the final will be played, and it will be England-India. I think if it's in the UAE, I think that pushes it more towards England, if I'm honest. <laughs> I'm not at all surprised by any of the answers that we've gotten. But let's switch it up. Let's uh, make it neutral, because, you know, you mentioned the finals. So, gentlemen, World Test Championship final. So, I, I think if, if New Zealand have their full attack and India, I think their attacks are pretty much matched. Um personally from facing both of those attacks I think they're both unbelievable attacks they've both ruined my careers um in my test my test career so they're they're, they're very very good um I think it will come down to the batting and and who scores the most runs and I'm guessing it will probably be between whoever scores the most runs between Virat and Kane I think will will probably be the the ones that that win so I, I don't really know I'm, I'm gonna sit on the fence so that one Swanee can give a prediction for that if it swings, then New Zealand have the edge. If it spins, India will win. 
Ooh, that's a that's a big shout. You've got no, that's, Boomer, that's, Shami, uh, but, and, Sharma. They and, all swing and, it. No, 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 no. I'll tell you, they do, they do swing it, but they haven't got a left armer who swings it. And everybody knows if the ball's swinging, you've got a left armer. Front pads get blown off all over the place. <laughs> I think Jasper Broomer bowls <laughs> blows your front pad yeah, off. But he's not, yeah, but it's, <laughs> Jasper's just got married. It'll be his focus is somewhere else. <laughs> no, I think I tell you what. I think it's going to be an amazing game. And what I can tell you, especially if you listen in India, is that the weather over here in England is pretty good. There's been a lot of big scores scored so far in the County Championship up until this week. And then all of a sudden, the ball started swinging around the corner, around corners again. And there are a lot of low scores this week. So, read what you will into that. Okay, Swanee, we'll take that as a prediction. David, I can't thank you enough for joining us on this and especially really opening up about how tough life is right now when you're in quarantine because it's, uh, frankly, for a professional that doesn't get an opportunity to step out to the field, uh, the fact that you have the ranking behind you as well, it's it's just awesome that you could share these sort of thoughts with us. So thank you so much for doing that. And, um, you know, I'm pretty sure, Swanee, that this did live up to expectations, right? Like this was a great insightful chat. David, thank you so much for that. I knew, I told you he would be before, and when we got on, I said, David, 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 whoever you want to call him will be amazing. And, and yeah, thank you for coming on because you've been amazing. And what you've done in international cricket has been nothing short of stellar. And thank you again for your debut, for not for making me look like a hero in the commentary box rather than a villain. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I got you another couple of years there, didn't I? Well, no, I got sacked six months later, but thank you anyway. (laughs) No, thanks for having me, guys. I've enjoyed it. Legend. So much fun speaking to uh, David Milan here on the Players' Lounge podcast. A really great, insightful chat. And we look forward to that uh, with so many more international stars that are uh, coming up on our episodes. So make sure you do tune into the Players' Lounge podcast, uh, subscribe to us, and look out for our Dare to Declare segments brought to you by Betway because it's so much fun. It puts uh, all these international athletes uh, on the spot. Um, You can catch us on social media. We upload the clips, uh, join in, subscribe, and of course, uh, do uh, make sure you get entertained. We'll see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.